So this is the No Name Podcast presented by Big C. I am your host, Colton Sutley, also known as Big C. Um, in this episode, episode 13, we're going to go over the NFL and the football, college football, and some sprint car racing. Um, so that game, the Steelers-Bengals game, oh my god, dude, if you were a Steelers fan, you were, I'm a Steelers fan, and I was going nuts, like, I was just, we shouldn't have won that game, we should not have won that game, it was bad, um, the offensive line did not look good, I thought Mitch didn't do too bad, because he didn't have protection, and stuff, the whole offense just was bad, and a lot leads back, a lot, all of it, or a lot of it leads back to the offensive line, I thought, um, Matt Canada has some good play calls and stuff, but we got lucky that our defense is, like, great, like, going off on the Bengals, like, what, Joe Burrow had, like, four interceptions or something like that, and there was a couple fumbles, like, I think there was, like, a total of seven turnovers, that's, like we we should have won that game by a lot more, just based off the turnover difference. And I, T.J. Watts hurt. He's gonna be out for at least, well, I think like six weeks. And that's gonna hurt. I feel like we're gonna struggle some. Um, not to say that like he is the main reason our defense is good, but when you have a guy that just disrupts. A difference maker like him, you can't replace him with like just one guy or like you're gonna. It's gonna be tough. Um, I we still got Cam Hayward, but I think he got banged up as well. So, and but he's like more on the interior. But like you need that edge rusher, that difference maker at the edge. If you look at um teams like I'll actually the teams in the AFC West, they they went after um. To like compete with Patrick Mahomes, they went. The Chargers got Clear Mack, um, Joey Boza, like two ends, two great ends, um, to like rush the passer. The Raiders got uh, Chandler Jones and um, oh, Nagaku from that used to be on the Jaguars. I think he's on the Raiders right now currently, as well. But they got a couple got. Or maybe not. Maybe he's not on there. But they got Max Crosby. Can't believe I forgot that guy. He's a stud. Um, the Broncos got Bradley Chubb, who's done good. I think he's been hurt in his career, and I want to say they got somebody else. But like, you just look around the league and like see how important that edge rusher is, and like, yeah, Alex Highsmith's like tied for the lead in uh, sacks, but like a lot of that was. Because T.J. Watt was on the other side, now he's gonna have all the focus on him, or Cam Hayward's gonna have all the focus on him. It, like it's gonna be not just all about worrying about what T.J.'s gonna do. So it's gonna be different. I think Malik Reed, um, I believe that's his name, the uh, outside backer we got from the Broncos that we traded for before the season. I think he'll do well. He's done decent and stuff, and I think. The defense still should be pretty solid, but I don't think it'll be seven turnovers carrying the team to the victory type. So hopefully we get the offensive line sorted out and we can like win games. And hopefully Najee, we don't rush Najee back because he has a foot injury and stuff. But 
man. Um, like there was a lot of good games in the NFL. Um, one game that wasn't very good, but was impressive is how the Buffalo Bills dominated the Rams. They just straight up dominated. Um, I had Matthew Stafford on my fantasy team starting. I wish I did not. Um, I knew I know somebody that had him and Cam Akers starting, so he had a rough day. Um, but man, the Bills just dominated. And once again, the pass rushers, Vaughn Miller, they signed him in the off season because he he's a veteran. He might not be as explosive or as great as he was when he earlier in his career, but he still knows how to win with technique. Still got it. And they they rotated their defensive line a lot. I saw like a lot. I think they had like ten, like eight to ten guys rotating in and stuff, keeping them fresh, which is also I think helps a lot with winning football games. Is if you keep your defense as fresh as possible. Um, but Josh Allen is that dude. Like, man, the Rams really. I thought the Rams would have kept it more competitive, but they didn't. And I mean, I I got they got like. They had to go silent count on their home freaking stadium. You're home. Like, you should have it. You shouldn't have any problems with how loud it is. Um, the Tyreek Hill. You know how he's on the Dolphins now. Almost said he's on the Chiefs now, but the Chiefs did not miss a beat against the Cardinals without Tyreek. And then you got Tyreek over it on the Dolphins. Saying about how uh, Mike McDaniel, um, he's got a big, uh, he needs a wheelbarrow or something because of going on it on four, going for it on fourth and seven to beat the Patriots. So looks like below the other than the Bills and that AFC East, it's going to be interesting to see who comes in second and is fighting for that wild card one of those wild card spots because you got Dolphins beat the Patriots. The Patriots are the Patriots, so they look they're always will be solid as long as Belichick is still there. And then the Jets I think could be better, but um they got beat by the Ravens pretty easily. But I think they could be better. Um the Colts and the Texans give us the first tie of the season. Um yeah, that's kind of disappointing, but it looks like the, the Colts, I think, are very good. Or and coming into this season, I thought they were going to be very good. And then you got the Texans. But I didn't think we're going to be that good, but it looks like, you know, they're going to be solid because you, they tied against a team that was red hot at the end of last year until they played the Jaguars. So that'll be interesting. Saquon is back. He like had a great performance against the Titans. Um, I actually saw a, like a reel on Instagram of Derrick Henry getting lit up. Um, like, yeah. So the King got his crown. You know, a little crooked there, I guess. Uh, Daniel Jones and that win against the Titans. I guess there was a stat I saw somewhere that said him and Josh Allen are like the only two quarterbacks to have like a certain stat and I can't remember what it was I should have wrote it down in my notes but he 
he must have played well. I mean, they got the victory against in Tennessee against a good Titans team. I mean, I look for the Titans to um. Do I actually do? No, I don't have them bouncing back next week. I'll I'll go over the predictions here in a second, but. The Packers lose to the Vikings. A lot of it is on the young wide receivers like Christian Watson dropped a wide open pass. That would have been a great touchdown. I think he's going to be a stud, but Aaron Rodgers, man, you need, hopefully those wide receivers step up because that man can sling it still. I mean, he has Rob Tunyon, but like you can't just have the offense just tight end like you gotta have the wide receiver step up um Baker Mayfield did not get his revenge against the Browns which I was kind of disappointed but I get and I guess he got booed by his own by the Panthers fans so that's gonna be interesting to watch as the season goes on um the Bears beat the 49ers Jared Baker my apologies. He said, um, oh, I, was it Sunday? I think it was. Either Saturday or Sunday, he told me um, that I said the 49ers are going to win and that Trey Lance is going to be a stud. I still think he's going to be a stud, but he said that the Bears were going to win, and he was correct in that. And hopefully, we'll see as the season progresses that Justin Fields and Trey Lance are both studs. Um, I, I want to see everybody succeed in the NFL and that. It's kind of hard because there's so many people that are in the NFL or trying to be so. But the last thing I want to touch on is um, I'm going to say probably the game of the week. The Seahawks beating the Denver Broncos. Geno Smith, baby. He is... I, so, back in 2012, when I was 11 years old, I became a West Virginia fan. And the reason why was, yeah, they had um, Geno Smith dropping back, thrown to um, Tavon Austin, and, um, oh, shoot, what was the other wide receiver's name? I'm actually going to Google it. Um, oh, what? I gotta remember his name. Like I can't believe I forget it. I'm gonna oh Stedman Bailey. I didn't even have to look it up. I'm like not even on completely on the sh- screen yet. But Stedman Bailey, Tavon Austin. Ba- I I believe Stedman Bailey should have been a like if he didn't get. I believe he got shot in the head when he was in the NFL, and that's why like he didn't continue playing but he was a stud so was Tavon Austin everybody knows about Tavon Austin and how great he is his highlight tape but Stedman Bailey was also not dude like those two having Geno Smith wrote to him like perfection and actually 2013 NFL draft was the first draft I really got big into and Geno Smith and those two were in that draft Geno Smith I'm glad to see he's getting another opportunity he looked very good yeah, he didn't go over 200 yards, but he didn't need to. He also didn't, he didn't, the way they were playing, great defense, good running game. 
him making plays when he needed to, and most importantly for a quarterback, protecting that football. That's what he did. He did his job. I think the Seahawks would now after that first game, I think they're going to surprise some people, including myself, and have a lot better season than what I originally thought they were going to. Um, but Russ, I, I think the Broncos could have won if they didn't fumble on it, the fumble inside the five yard line twice. Um, I believe Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon both did it, and um. Fourth and five, 64-yard field goal, bad decision. I mean, I guess it's okay if you have faith in your kicker, but like with, so they kicked it with 20 seconds left, but they had 56 seconds left in the game when the not third down play ended. They let 35 seconds go off the clock before they called timeout. That's just bad, bad. Like in the uh, Manning telecast, you had Peyton Manning saying, "Call timeout at like fifty-four seconds." You know, like and he's like, "Come on, you better call it out. Better call it. Better call it." And getting just frustrated because Nathaniel Hackett just let it go down to twenty seconds, then called it, decided to kick the field goal. It would have been. It was long enough. Wide left. Yeah, then called the two time last two timeouts as Geno Smith's taking knees to take that dub. Like bad like Hopefully the Broncos can figure it out and get better and learn from this, but it's not looking very good. Um So before I start the predictions, I'm gonna go over um my record for week one. So um, with ties, with the Colts and the Texans tying, I'm going to count that. Like I'm going to include ties as ties in this because that's like I'm not going to say half a win or half a loss or like whatever. So I'm just going to have it as a tie. But I was 5-10-1 in my predictions for week one. That's bad. But it gets better when I get to my college predictions. But for this week, for the games, so I have the Chiefs beating the Chargers. Um, the Chargers won against the Raiders, but I feel like the Chiefs are just red. They're, they're, they're the Chiefs. So I think they're going to take the win. Um, I got the Patriots over the Steelers without TJ. And then Cam's banged up. Najee's banged up, but he's supposed to play. But the offensive line, I don't... It's Belichick. Defensive genius. He's going to... The Patriots are going to beat the Steelers. Um, The Giants are going to beat the Panthers. I feel like they're coming to Red Hot off that win against the Titans. The Panthers just lost at home to the Browns. and So like I, I feel like the Giants are going to carry the momentum and beat the Panthers, and I think Saquon may be back, I hope he is, he is a good running back when he is healthy, I hope he stays healthy, um, I have the Jets beating the Browns, um, I just feel like they're, they're gonna bounce back from that loss against the Ravens, and I feel like they got 
good weapons. I don't I don't know who's if Zach Wilson's going to be able to play. Um, I know I think Joe Flacco played week one, and I think that's probably a big reason why they lost so bad. No offense to him, um, he was good back in the day, but now he's not so much. Uh, I have the Colts beating the Jaguars. I feel like they're going to try. The Colts are a good team. I feel like they're going to uh, lock in and coming off of this tie and going to beat the Jaguars. Um, I think the Jaguars are just they had a they had um James Robinson and Travis Etienne play well last week against Washington, but I just feel like the Colts are going to win. Um. I have the Ravens beating the Dolphins. I just Lamar Jackson is a stud, and I feel like that defense is like I feel like the Ravens are a really well-rounded team, and I feel like the Dolphins with the new staff and everything. It they won Week One, but I feel like they won't win in Week Two just because like the every like with um having new staff and stuff. I feel like. At some point, the bugs are going to bite, and I feel like it will be against the Ravens. Um, the Saints are going to beat the Buccaneers. Um, I just Dennis Allen is the head coach, and he's defensively locked up the Buccaneers for I don't know how many past years. I feel like it's going to continue. Um, it, it just I just feel like that's going to be be an upset this week. The Saints are going to beat the Bucks. Um, the Lions, I have the Lions winning against the Commanders, you know, Washington. Um, I just, Dan Campbell, Jamal Williams, um, Aiden Hutchinson, I just feel like those guys are going to be, they, they want to win. They want to win. They want to get in that Murder City vibing with a victory, so they're going to pull out a victory over the Commanders. Um I have the 49ers over the Seahawks. This was a hard pick. I was going to go with the Seahawks originally, but then it, I was like, oh, it's in San Francisco. So I'm like, they got the home field advantage. I feel like their defense is... I feel like their front seven is actually better than the Broncos, but I believe the Broncos' backs, like um, defensive backs are better. But I just feel like Nick Boza and them boys up front on the D-line and Fred Warner and his fellow backers are just going to be too much for the Seahawks. Um, I feel like the offensively, the 49ers will put something together where they can win. Um, Trey Lance hopefully have, has a back, or not backup game, but a bounce back game. Um... And then I have the Rams beating the Falcons. I feel like the Rams are going to really work hard and lock in and try to like bounce back from a tough, very bad loss to the Bills. I was going to say tough, but it was just bad. The Falcons had a tough loss against the Saints. I just, I just feel like the Falcons aren't, they don't have as much talent like on their roster as a lot of other teams, so I feel like they're going to lose that one. The I have the Raiders over the Cardinals. I feel like the Raiders are going to bounce back from the Chargers game. The Cardinals, I, there's stuff going on about Kyler Murray too focused, being too focused on playing video games or something, and I feel like 
I I feel like the Raiders are like hungry. They want to win. They like they got Derek Carr and Devontae Adams, so like it. They're gonna bounce back. Um, the Broncos are gonna beat the Texans. I feel like they're gonna bounce back. I I feel like they're a better team offensively and defensively than the Texans. Um, the Bengals are gonna beat the Cowboys. Cowboys don't have Dak. The Bengals might not have T. Higgins, but I feel like that'll be okay. Um, because they got Tyler Boyd and of course Jamar Chase. But I just feel like the like Cowboys without Dak are not not good. Like they don't have who who would have that quarterback? I don't even know. Somebody that isn't as good as Dak. So Um The Packers I feel are gonna bounce back and beat the Bears. Um Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. Um so I feel like the young wide receivers are gonna finally step up. Hopefully, if not, it might be a couple more weeks. And then um, I have the Bills beating the Titans. I feel like Josh Allen and them boys are just, they're going to go dominate this year. I feel like they've lost too many close games in the playoffs the past few years. Josh Allen's like tired of, he wants a Super Bowl. Von Miller wants another one. Like, they're gonna they're gonna go hard, and I feel like Titans will make it a closer game than the Rams did. But I just feel like I the Bills I just feel like are gonna be the hot team this year. Um, and then that, the last game of the week, I have the Eagles over the Vikings. I just feel like Jalen Hurts is gonna have a breakout year and be that dude for the Eagles. And I feel like the Vikings they're gonna so do good. I think they'll make it competitive, but I feel like Jalen Hurts will. Like just be too much for them to handle, and um, I'm, I don't know, I could be wrong on, I'll probably be wrong on these predictions, but hopefully at the end of the season I'll have a winning, um, percentage, in that, <laughs> hopefully, you know at least make it to five hundred, but um, now moving on to college football, you thought so the NFL was crazy. Like the upsets and the close games and the kicking woos and everything. But man. Number 8 Notre Dame at home loses to the Marshall Thundering Herd. Not, that was a good, great game. Like, if you thought that was crazy, one crazy game of up, that was a big upset. Another game that ended shortly after that one was Appalachian State beat number six Texas A&M at home, seventeen fourteen. On a booster money that's been turned into NIL deals to get the number one recruiting class doesn't mean crap. They suck. Like they sucked. Texas A&M has sucked this year, in the two games they played. That money is being wasted. Like, it's pathetic. Like, I've saw some stuff that it's like the quarterback. The quarterback is holding that, holding them back. Well, obviously the defense can play pretty good, but they shouldn't be letting App State score seventeen on them when they're supposed to be competing for the national title and dominating against Bama. Like that's it's bullcrap. 
Like you got the number one recruiting class. You got a bunch of young studs on defensive line. You got the two, like the best safety duo in the country, arguably, and you're giving up 17 points to a team from the Sun Belt. Well, the same can be said for Notre Dame that like they gave up 26. They lost 26-21 to the Sun Belt team. What gets even better is the Sun Belt team also had another team pulling upset and Georgia Southern over Nebraska. 45-42. It was a shootout. But it led to Scott Frost being fired from Nebraska. I thought he was going to bring him back to prominence, but maybe no one can. Nebraska is not a popping place like USC and Miami. And that were once blue but blue bloods and are trying to make a comeback and be as good as they once were, they have a chance because there's stuff to do in those cities and like LA and Miami and like big cities they got NL money all over the place. Like you, Nebraska is cornfields. Yeah, I heard Lincoln is pretty good, but I don't. I don't, it's not, it's not LA, it's not Miami, it's not, like, even, like, Pittsburgh is, like, probably a better recruiting place based off the location than Lincoln, Nebraska is, so I don't think Nebraska will ever be back to how they were, and it's sad, because I think it would help college football a lot if Nebraska was back to how they used to be. I mean, they should have never fired Bo Pelini. He was great. Yeah, he was outspoken and all that, some stuff, and you were tired of nine and four seasons, but I think you had maybe one 10 win season or one nine and four season since. Like, the best you can do is maybe eight wins. Like, come on. And you thought, and there was another crazy game, the first game of the day. College game day location. Texas loses to Bama 20-19. Is Texas back? Or is just Bama just slacking? Just having a bad day? I don't know, but Bryce Young saved Bama. If Quinn Ewers did not get hurt, does Texas win? I don't know. And I heard Hudson Card got hurt as well. He was hobbling around. And so Bama shouldn't have won that game. And then you have, at the end of the game, Bama players from the horns down. I mean, I agree with it, horns down. But then you got Nick Saban running out saying, don't do that. I quote, don't do that shit. Don't do that shit. Well, you know what? Because he doesn't like that trash talking crap. And you just barely beat him 2019 when you should have dominated. You should have beat the brakes off of this Texas team. Showed them that they're not back. But instead you give them, those Texas fans, false hope that they can hang with the big dogs. And they're going to think they're back. Well, they're not. Well, actually we'll see when they play Oklahoma under the Red River rivalry in a couple weeks. But Bama needs to get their crap together. And focus on winning games. They had way too many many penalties for a saving led team. It's oh, I'm get. I can just walk out right now. How heated I am about this stuff. It is pathetic. Um, Pitt lost a close one to Tennessee. Um, 
Keaton Slovis got hurt. They had a backup. Nick Patty, their backup QB, is one tough SOB. He's hobbling around, barely walking, looking like I do when my hip's real sore. Um, <laughs> it was bad. He led them to overtime. But Tennessee's thing was like, we can drive the ball down the field. We can. We don't have a hobbling quarterback and Hendon Hooker who's been making plays. And Tennessee wins 34-27 in overtime. Pitt looked good, though. I think Pitt will be a team to watch out for. They get their quarterbacks healthy. There will be one to watch out for. Uh, West Virginia lost a close one to Kansas in overtime, 55-42. The defense needs to play better for West Virginia. The offense played well, but the defense needs to do better. And I, I thought Kansas... Going into coming into the season, I thought Kansas would be better than what they were in the past, but not. I don't better, as in maybe three wins instead of just two or one, or like maybe make games a little more competitive. But no, they looking they're looking like the two thousand seven version of Kansas. not not really, but like looking like not good of a team, the best team since twenty seven. Or not twenty seven, two thousand seven, when they went like eleven and two or something like that, and like could have played for the national championship. Um, but yeah, hopefully West Virginia gets their stuff together. Um, Baylor lost to BYU in double overtime, twenty six twenty. They, I didn't watch this game, but I did see how the kicker for BYU missed two game winning field goals, and the quarterback Jaron. Paul was comforting him as he was crying and stuff after he like just threw to the game winning touchdown pass or something like so that just shows there's a brotherhood and stuff and hopefully hopefully both teams continue to have good success because I think Baylor could do some good things in the Big 12 this year and BYU obviously did well and showed that they can compete in the Big 12 when they come to it next year or the year after i can't remember exactly what year they're joining the big 12 arkansas beat south carolina 44 to 30 i watched a little i watched like one drive of south carolina's i was at work when they were playing but i watched like one drive on my lunch break and south spencer rattler looked good their offense looked pretty solid but then you had uh drew sanders linebacker for Arkansas transfer from Alabama looking like a grown ass man out there he was had some great hits some great plays on that drive and I don't know watch out for South Carolina be a sneaky team later this year Arkansas they're gonna be solid they had two good convincing wins this year so far and it'll be interesting to see how they do uh Kentucky Beat Florida 26-16 in the swamp. Will Levis took some nasty hits. Uh, I saw the one hit and he had his face all scratched up and stuff. But um, I think Florida will bount, like end up bouncing back and doing well this year. But I think Kentucky Kentucky is a great program under Stoops. I can't remember. It's not Bob Stoops, but Mike Stoops maybe. I can't remember. There's like three Stoops brothers that coach at some point in their life. So, but I think they're a good program and they could finish second in the SEC East. 
behind Georgia. Maybe even first if they pulled the upset against them. Um, USC dogged Stanford 41-28. to EJ Smith did good uh, from what I saw. Emmett Smith's son. He did fumble a couple of times though that were costly. But like USC just had too many, too much talent. And that was a pick I got wrong because I thought Stanford was going to lock him down. Um, Texas Tech beat Houston and double overtime 33-30. to Donovan Smith led that upset. Uh, I forget what rank Houston was, but they were in the top 25 at least. But does this mean Texas Tech can compete in the Big 12? Who knows? It's a possibility. I don't know, though. Um, some stat leaders through week two of college football. Some of these guys played in week zero as well. So, um, Drake May for passing. Drake May is leading the Division One FBS. These are FBS stats. I should make that clear. Uh, Drake May from North Carolina has 930 yards passing. Uh, Nikoski Perry uh, from FAU has 879 yards. I believe you would used to get to Miami, Florida, and um, then you got Casey Thompson, Nebraska, 866, Davis Brent from Tulsa, 782, and the man that led one, the upset to fire the first coach of 2022 is Kyle Van Treese, Georgia Southern, 776 yards. I believe he transferred from Buffalo down there, I, I could be mistaken, don't quote me on that. Um, leading the nation in rushing is Chase Brown from Illinois, 496 yards. Behind him is Anthony Grant, Nebraska, 428 yards. So Nebraska was doing good on offense, but like defense, I guess, is was struggling. Um, Nathan Carter is third from UConn, 384 yards. Fourth is Larry McCammon from FAU, 303 yards. So watch out for FAU to be. A ten-win team, maybe. I don't, I'm not sure what the record is right now, but they got some guys on some studs on offense, I guess. Um, Brad Roberts from Air Force, 288 yards, triple option offense, so it makes sense. I believe he's the fullback in their scheme. Um, receiving yards, Ali Jennings the third from ODU, Old Dominion, uh, 322 yards. Uh, Keelan Stokes from Tulsa has 304 yards. Rashi Rice from SMU has 298. I mean, he has Tanner Mordecai throwing him the ball. Uh, Charlie Jones from Purdue. Him, Aiden O'Connell must really like him because he has 286 yards. I did see their game against Penn State. He was getting targeted a lot, it seemed. So it makes sense that in week, it continued, must have continued in week two. Uh, Evan Hall from Northwestern has 268 yards. And I, I think that's through three games, I want to say. Actually, that's how it is from the Nebraska players as well that I listed earlier because they played three games already, like week zero, two, or week zero, one, two, one, and two. Um, the top three tacklers in the country right now are Jackson Mitchell from UConn with 39, Cedric Gray from North Carolina with 33, Jason Henderson from ODU with 30, Sacks, top three sacks leaders are Gervin Hall Jr. from Utah State with six, uh, Jacoby Windman from Michigan State with five and a half, and Alexander Mahler from Northwestern with five. So if those guys continue to have 
that good of stats for what two three games they're gonna get maybe not exactly that good but like good stats like that they could easily get up to like 15 sacks like a lot of them have at least 10 more games if like nine to ten games at least um interception leader is bentley sanders from nevada with four he the other there was like a bunch of guys tied with, with that too so i just did the uh top like top one there since it was such a big margin um so i'm gonna do 11 college games to predict um uh, this week just like i did last week so last week i was four and seven so that's yeah not very good um but for my week three predictions, I have number six, Oklahoma over Nebraska. Nebraska just got their coach fired. Dylan Gabriel and the Sooners are looking good. Uh, Georgia over South Carolina. I mean, it's Georgia. Yeah, I think South Carolina could make it close, but Georgia is the new Bama. Um, Penn State over Auburn. Number 22, Penn State over Auburn. It's at Auburn. But I feel like Penn State is just, they lost to Auburn last year at home. I feel like it, they're like going in wanting to upset them. And I feel like Auburn, I don't know. I don't think they're not, I think they're talented, but not like super talented this year. Um, number 12, BYU over number 25, Oregon. I feel like BYU is coming off a big win, uh, emotional win. I feel like they're going to. Be Bo Nix. Like, it's Bo Nix. He'll probably throw a couple of interceptions. Sorry, my boy, Jared. Um, number 16, NC State over Texas Tech. This was a hard decision, but I feel like NC State is just too good. They got, like, the one of the best linebacking cores in the country. They got Devin Leary and those great wide receivers. I feel like they're just going to beat Texas Tech. Um College game day is at App State this year, or not this year, this week, and I feel like App State's going to beat Troy. Uh, they're coming off a huge win. I feel like they're just going to continue that momentum and uh, beat Troy th this week. Number 13, Miami, Florida, over number 24, Texas A&M. Texas A&M just got dogged at home by some belt team. Um. Tyler Van Dyke and Miami, they're just gonna they're gonna win. They're gonna run away with I don't know if they're gonna run away with it, but they're more talented than the two teams that Texas AM has played this year already, and those were real close games, so I it, I think it's an easy pick. Um I have SMU over Maryland. I feel like it's gonna be a shootout, but I feel like Tanner Mordecai and the Mustangs are gonna pull out a victory. Um, I have Washington over number 11, Michigan State. I was going to go with Michigan State at first, but I think it is. I think the game's in Washington, but I just feel like I just have that feeling that Washington is going to pull the upset over them. Um, I have Notre Dame bouncing back from their tough loss and beating Cal. It's at Notre Dame. And also Monte Teo, I saw, was going to be there. So he's going to hype them up and tell them that their imaginary girlfriends died. Or something like that. Like what motivated him. And that was kind of a bad joke. My bad. But um, I feel like Notre Dame is going to win this game. Uh, Purdue is going to beat Syracuse I believe. I I just feel like Adrian O'Connell is 
and it's just the scheme, the passing scheme, and how good he accurate he is. I feel like there's just gonna be too much for Syracuse to handle. Handle. They have Sean Tucker, but I don't think he'll end up doing like he'll have a good game, but I don't think he'll be super crazy. Um, now moving on to some sprint car racing. Um, so the All Stars this past weekend they had the Port Royal Tuscarora Fifty. Um, night one, the top three was Anthony Macri, Danny Dietrich, and Logan Wagner. Uh, the night before the 50, which is the second night, the top three was Lance DeWeese, Brian Brown, and Chio Salzi. And the Tusker War 50, which was 60,000 to win, the top three was Anthony Macri, who went 19th to first. Brent Marks was second. Danny Dietrich was third. And I believe Logan Wagner was fourth. So a good turnout for the posse there, the top four spots. Um, Cy Lynch, local guy from Western PA, he won the non-qualifier uh, to lock into the 2023 Tusker War 50. Um, there was a crazy crash during the race. Uh, Dylan Sisney, he is okay after a very fiery crash. And I, I was watching it live, and I was worried about him not being able to get out. But he was able to pop out, and he ran, and... Uh, luckily, Danny Dietrich and Logan Wagner both hopped out and ran over to of their cars to run run over and help put them out. And he, it was crazy. But like Logan Wagner slammed on his brakes so hard he spun his car around to like hop out and go help. And um, I saw on uh Twitter and also on Dirt Tracker da- Daily that uh Justin Fiedler does. That uh, Dylan Sisney actually got elected mayor of Port Royal, the borough. Um, like the seven people voted unanimously for him to be the uh, mayor, and he did. He like showed up, and he had like I heard uh, Justin Fiedler said he had like a um, oh what is it a um sling on his arm so but so but like uh from what i heard he's just pretty bruised and sore and stuff so that's good um this coming weekend on the 16th the all-stars are at williams grove speedway and then on the 17th which is saturday they're at lincoln speedway for the dirt classic it's twenty thousand to win so you got posse versus all-stars still um it'll be interesting uh danny dietrich's very good at lincoln um I trying to think of some other guys, but Lance Louise is one to watch out for at Williams Grove. Uh, Anthony Macri will probably be one to watch out for at both races. I don't know if Logan Wagner will race at either races or not. So now he usually just stays at Port Royal. Um, now moving on to the War of Outlaws. So they just had the Gold Cup at Silver Dollar Speedway. Uh, prelim night one, top three was Kyle Larson, Ryan Thames, and James McFadden. Ryan Thames and Larson put on a great show, and that's very impressive because Thames is only 16 years old. Um, prelim night two, the top three were Carson Macedo, Jacob Allen, and Spencer Baston. And then the Gold Cup Night of Champions top three was Jacob Allen beating Logan Shuhart by zero point zero five zero seconds it's great because they're teammates for shark racing logan is jacob's uncle i mean they're i think there was only like one or two years separating them 
Um, so they're both young, fairly young drivers. I think they're like around 30 years old or something like that. Um, but like, that's great for that. Jacob Allen's been having a phenomenal year this year, like career year. Logan Schuer are not as good. He's having not a career year, but he's doing a very, he's having a solid year and stuff. But for the team overall, they're having a great phenomenal year. Um, and then Carson Messier rounded out the podium. Um, this weekend, they're at Keller Auto Speedway for the Tom Tarleton Classic. On this, Actually, it's this Friday. That's, so that'll be a good race. Um, the top three in points is Brad Sweet. Uh, for outlaw points is Brad Sweet. David Gravel is behind him, 72 points behind. And Carson Macedo is behind 90, by 98 points. Um... Moving on to the USAC, uh, gonna go over the midget, the national midgets, and the national sprints. But so first, we're gonna go over the national midgets. They were at just at Sweet Springs Motor Sports Complex in Missouri on the 9th and tenth. Uh, night one top three was Cannon McIntosh, Brenham Crouch, uh, Zach Dom. Uh, night two to top three was Buddy Cofield, uh, Dason Persley. It's nice to see he's back and doing good after, uh, I believe, was it last December or, or Jan or this past January that he had a scary crash and, uh, had to do a lot of rehab and there were, like, he broke, broke some stuff in his, like, back and stuff. Scary crash, but it's good to see that he's doing well. Um, and then Zach Dom rounded out the podium again on night two. So he had a really good weekend finishing third both nights the points top two i only did the points top two because it was so close and like everybody else was kind of farther back uh buddy co ford is leading justin grant um for the national sprint cars they did not race this past weekend but there'll be a circle city raceway in indiana on the 16th and tri-state speedway in indiana on the 17th the top four in points currently are Justin Grant, Brady Bacon, CJ Leary, and Robert Ballou, all within about 150 points. Uh, and there was like the fifth place person was pretty close to. I can't remember who it was, but there were, I think it was Emerson Axum actually. But he was like 200 some away from Justin Grant. Um, now moving on to the ASCS. So they had a pretty busy weekend and they raced. Tuesday night as well when I was type I was watching it as I was typing it up um so they were at Lakeside Speedway in Kansas on the 8th uh the top three was Sam Hayfordteep Jr. Garrett Williamson and Jason Martin they were at Caney Valley Speedway in Kansas on the 10th uh the top three was Seth Bergman Matt Covington and Blake Hahn uh then on the 13th which was Tuesday the they were at Clay County Fair Speedway in Iowa. The top three was Tim Crawley, Blake Hahn, and Wayne Johnson. Uh, they're at Lucas Oil Speedway in Missouri the 15th, so tonight actually, to the 17th. Uh, the points top two because it, it was the only two that can win the championship are the top two uh, is Blake Hahn leading Wayne Johnson. Um, now I'm going to talk a little bit about local racing. Um, Dog Hollow Speedway has some, has a sprint car race on the 16th, so tomorrow night. I can't remember how much it, I, once say I saw somewhere it was 5,000 to win, but I could be wrong. Um, 
I think I saw Danny Smith and Scotty Teal, Teal are going to be there. Um, they will also be at Warnerville Speedway on Saturday for the Commonwealth Clash. Um, so will McKenna Hasse with uh, or Hasse, I don't know how to say her name. And it will be a fast series race. It's 10,000 to win, 1,000 to start. So now be interesting, interesting to watch and good, probably great racing. Um, the, then at Knox Raceway on Sunday, it's another fast series race, four thousand to win, three hundred fifty to start. Um, they also have the rush sprints, um, so that will be a good race as well. Not eight hundred dollars to win. They have some other classes as well, um, but some. Uh, Scotty, the Scotty Theo, uh, Danny Smith, and Mc, not McKenna Hossie will also be at Knox as well, I believe. Um, watch out for Silence and AJ Flick at those races. All like all three of them that they've been doing. AJ Flick's been going off this year, and Silence is always fast. Um, watch out for like Blaze Myers and Chad Rollman in the rush sprints. They're both, Blaze is having a really good year, career year. Chad Roman's just always kind of pretty good. He's like won like the championship like all of four or five years that the series been a thing. And that, um, so that's pretty much it for the episode. Um, if like, like, comment, subscribe on YouTube, uh, Follow and rate five stars on Spotify. Uh, hopefully, sometime soon, I would like try to line up a guest to actually go back to the having a guest on each episode. And if I do consistently kind of get a guest, I might go to maybe like two episodes, two episodes a week or something, so that I can still do like the football stuff and that. But we'll see how that goes. Um, I might even just do like small bonus episodes or whatever. But um, other than that, that's it for this episode. Uh, Stay safe out there and have a great weekend.